Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thank you for joining me today. If it is your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, welcome. And if you're uh, you're coming back, welcome as well. Uh, this is a uh, this is our beginning of the month live column read show today. So I'll talk about that more in just a little bit, and then we'll we'll dive right in, and I'll read this month's Snake Oil column. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, again, if you're new to the show, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional uh, navigational consultant. My expertise is in astrology, numerology, tarot, runes, animal cards, a number of different type of oracles that I work with. I've been doing uh, the work that I've been doing for many years now, 20-something years. I have a home office here in Phoenix. And I also do phone consultation sessions as well uh, with people all over the country. So... If you want information about uh, any of the uh, sessions that I offer, uh, my published books, uh, classes, anything like that as well, uh, please go to my website at uh, jimventura.com. Pretty easy to find and and get some info on all of that. And if you're not already receiving my monthly newsletter, uh, please email me at venturasag, V-E-N-T-U-R-A-S-A-G, at yahoo.com. My monthly column I get to read my books before they're published, and uh, lots of good information. A lot of times I do different specials for readings and various things in addition to some great info. And your name is blind copied when the column is sent out, uh, so no one will ever get your email address from you, so you won't get bombarded with uh, sales crap or anything like that. It's pretty pretty minimalist. Uh, anyway, so again, thanks for joining me today. I've got a couple different formats for my shows. Usually the first show of the month, I do three or four Thursdays a month, is a live column read, and then the second show we generally do an interview show. Um, but this today's show is going to be our live column read. I'm going to do that in just a couple of minutes here, and then next week we've got an interview with Alaric Hutchinson, who has a um, a metaphysical church spiritual center here in Phoenix. Um, really good info if you're a local to hear that, and uh, we'll get to talk to him. And then uh, a couple of weeks from then, I'll be back and we'll do the astrology show where you'll be able to call in and uh, also toward the uh, halfway through the show and ask for live mini readings, a couple of minute mini readings I can usually squeeze in during the astrology listener's choice show. Today, probably won't uh, get to the phone lines to do mini readings. I might the last 10 minutes, or so, uh, 10 minutes or so of today's show. Maybe I'll get one or two callers in, but... Um, column read shows, we tend to want to kind of stay on target, on, on topic through much of the show, so uh, bear with me, you'll, you'll often gain a lot by, by kind of just listening to column and, and listening to the talk about that anyway. Uh, so I'm going to read the column, my live column in uh, just a few minutes here, but let me mention something else. If it's your, um, again, if you're a newbie to the show or uh, a, a repeat uh, offender, so to speak, got a couple of specials going on for readings. 
Uh, you guys can take advantage of them. If you're a new client for June and July, go to my website and see this here. But uh, I'm actually doing $25 off my normal prices for new clients for June and July of 2013. So uh, it's a pretty good-sized discount, uh, given an opportunity for new clients um, to have sessions. You can have a 45-minute session, a 70-minute session, a 90-minute session, but in all cases, it'll be 25 off. Go to my website. You'll see that that, again, is a pretty good-sized discount off the session. Uh, you don't have to be local here in Phoenix to uh, have a session, guys. You can do it by phone and uh, just you know email me and send you availability, and we'll, we'll set that up for you. Also, have another offer that I mentioned um, on my last newsletter called the Angel Gift Offer. Uh, if you have already had session with me, or if you're a newbie, you also can take advantage of this. This is good just for the month of June. Got five of them left. I had 12, sold seven of them already. But uh, you can buy a session at the normal price, uh, my normal rates, and then you're able to, for $25, you're able to buy another of the same size session to give as a gift to somebody. Anybody that they can use this, you know, at this time this year. So anybody can use that offer as well. So if you pay for a 45-minute session, $80, another 25 bucks, you're going to get a session to give to someone else. Uh, good stuff, guys. You know, believe me, I've been doing this for a long time, and I, I get a lot of uh, credit for session work that I do with people. You catch some of my reviews. I'm really, I, I love to get to do what I do. It's really, really helpful. You know, whatever you're struggling with, you know, there can be solutions around it. And oracles can really help with that. I'm good with that. So, so check that out. Go to my website if you're interested and, uh, and i uh, love to uh, help you out with uh, a session. Uh, take advantage of the specials at this point. Uh, again, so welcome everybody to the show. Uh, I'm going to Read this month's column, and then we'll talk a bit about it. Like I said, I may get in some um, some phone calls a little bit later on toward the end of the show. It's a 45-minute show. Um, this column, by the way, uh, this snake oil column, actually was written uh, a little over five years ago, about five years ago. Um, and it's about a story of how my father died. Um, so... Uh, I did, this is, again, this is a repeat column uh, from five years ago, but if many of you may never have heard it, um, and uh, I think it's a good one to hear, and we'll talk a bit about this after I finish the live read of the column. So this month's column is called Snake Oil, The Night My Father Died. Actually, the title of this essay isn't entirely accurate because the recent death of my father occurred in the morning. When I flew back home after his memorial service in North Carolina, I could not get the song The Night Chicago Died by Paper Lace out of my head. It must have been a combination of flying into Chicago on my connection flight and the line of the song I Heard My Mama Cry. I heard her pray the night Chicago died. Songs get caught in my head at the oddest times, yet I know intuitively that they have some meaning or purpose for being there. The death of a parent is inevitable reality for all of us. Not only do we all die, but it is especially common to experience the death of one's father while we're still fairly young. This is partly because men tend to have shorter lifespans than women do. My mother frantically called one of my sisters with the news when Dad passed. She had just returned from Walmart with my father. He was sitting in the passenger seat and fell asleep in the car, which is very commonplace, so she didn't try to wake him. She unloaded her packages, walked her dog, and then came back a few minutes later to find Dad still sleeping. Only he wasn't just sleeping. He'd fallen asleep, had a heart attack, and simply never woke up. 
It was a mad scramble for all of my six siblings and their spouses and children to get to North Carolina on such short notice for the funeral. Orchestrating this feat was quite the task, getting appointments moved around, purchasing flights, finding transportation, airport pickups, lodging, and a host of other details required some doing. As soon as all of it began, I decided it was a good time to pull a Viking rune stone for guidance. I quieted my mind and asked the oracle for a message to help me maneuver through this difficult time. The rune stone was Rado Reversed. Partial quote, journey, union, and reunion. Loosely quoted from the Book of Runes by Ralph Blum. Expect ruptures in relationships. What you regard as detours, inconveniences, disruptions, and even failures and deaths will actually be rerouting opportunities with union and reunion as the only abiding destination. As usual, the runes were not only incredibly accurate, but surprisingly comforting. I wondered how do people who don't have access to oracles live without them? Not surprisingly, our flight ended up delayed six hours due to rain during our connection flight in Washington, D.C. Many flights were delayed, so it was chaos at the airport. My sister and I probably drove my brother-in-law, who was supposed to pick us up at the Charlotte airport, nuts, right along with us, with constant changes to when we were going to arrive in addition, we still had a four-hour drive to Myrtle Beach, where my mom and dad's house is, ahead of us from there. There were more than a few obstacles for all of us. Still, we all made it to mom's by Monday so that we could attend the memorial mass at her church on Tuesday. Through all the confusion, we also had some things that worked in our favor. For me, my business was slow that week, so it was a minimal juggle to get away at that time. My sister, who also lives in Phoenix, and I were able to get a really good price to get to Charlotte, Considering the short notice, we were shocked to find that our tickets were fairly reasonable. While there is never a good time for death, this started out being far less problematic than I would have imagined. Two weeks before this happened was our family, our yearly family reunion. We all stayed in a beach house that one of my sisters owns in Myrtle Beach, and we had a great time, even though we all noticed the obvious fact that our 78-year-old father was not looking well. My normally big, fat, happy Italian dad looked frail and quite sickly. He had a number of physical problems that were catching up with him. At the same time I had, as I knew would be, my final talk with my father. He told me he was having panic attacks and often felt like he couldn't breathe. He had been on oxygen for the last six years due to asbestosis of the lungs. And even with that, he was struggling. In the most diplomatic way I could say it, I told him, Dad, when it's time to lay down and pass into spirit again, simply let yourself do it without struggling. You've done well in this life. Mom has taken care of financially, and all of your children are doing well. It's okay to go. A few months before this, my brother's new wife gave birth to a baby boy that looked like a miniature version of my father. I knew that my family was not quite as comfortable as I was with public speaking, so I volunteered to speak at my father's memorial mass. I mentally wrote what I would say about my father in my head for hours the night before his service. The traditional Catholic funeral mass my mother had set up was actually nicer than I expected. While traditional religious services are not for me, I could see how they could be a real comfort to the people who needed them. Friends and cousins I had not seen in many years showed up. Handling the intense emotions that arose was the most difficult part of our trip. I got choked up myself quite a few times. 
My emotional reactions were less about how sad I was that my father was gone and more about how touched I was by the tremendous level of kindness and caring demonstrated by everyone around us. The levels of human sensitivity and compassion we are capable of sharing as a species when crisis and the universal experience of death of a loved one occurs is touching beyond words. While I was in the church, my heart was racing. I was a little nervous about saying some words about my dad. This combined with a very normal sense of grief, which actually a bit excruciating. But it seemed that there was one detour still ahead. I got snubbed at the church. The priest never asked me to come up and speak about my dad. Later we met for a memorial lunch at the clubhouse in the retirement village where my parents lived right after the service. A number of the women in the complex prepared a buffet of food and drink that was phenomenal. My mother had a built-in support group all around her. My opportunity to say a few words about my father was rerouted. I stood up after everyone ate and finally got to do what I'm really good at. I mentioned how thankful all of us were that Mom had such amazing friends all around her for support. I thanked all of my extended family and everyone for being there for us. It was easy to say nice things about my father. He was a friendly, kind, likable, chatty, Gemini man who everyone seemed to love. Many of my friends often told me how they wished they had a, they, they, they had a father like mine. Considering the difficulties with providing for a large family, he really... Uh, was a great dad. I pulled off an excellent speech about my dad and made my audience laugh a little, cry a little, the coupe de grace for a writer and a public speaker. A number of his friends came up to tell me how touched they were by my speech and how much they missed and loved my dad. We stayed for another day or so before we all went back home to our normal lives again. Second reunion, while sad, was also somewhat enjoyable. It was very similar to the reunion we had a few weeks before. Only this time I'm guessing my dad was there with us in spirit as opposed to the physical. We ate way too much, played Texas Hold'em with my niece and nephews, and talked about our lives and how lucky we were to have had a dad for as long as we did. In our American culture, we often see it as a compliment to say he or she had a good life. There was no question that my father had a good life. But in ancient Rome, it was customary to say, may you have a good death. My father got to see his whole family together for the last time, two weeks before he died. He sat at the head of a ridiculously large table of 19 people at dinner in one of his favorite restaurants. For the last time, he got to see the happy, healthy family he helped create. He watched us laughing, eating, and enjoying each other's company. He was already beginning to drift away from this world, but you could see, still see the pride in his eyes. He died in his sleep two weeks later. Not only did he have a good life, but he also had a good death. What more can any of us ever ask for? The ultimate criteria to me of a successful life is simple. Did you bring even a little more love into this world than was there before you got here? In my dad's case, the answer is without a doubt, yes. All right, so uh, that was my column. Uh, again, I wrote that about five years ago. Uh, I, one of my favorite columns, of course, I've gotten a, a ton of, of you know responses on it. First time I ran it, and then again, I you know, got quite a few the second time I ran it. And by the way, you know, if you're getting my, my newsletter, um, if you're not, obviously email me, get on the news list. But, you know, 
I, I love when people compliment or, or want to comment on anything I've written about, but I actually would rather people do that directly on the blog site or write their compliments or things like Yelp and stuff like that. It's actually better for me if it's there because that puts me in more search engines, helps increase business, and, and my ability to, to reach more people. So please do me a favor if you're going to do that, you know, do it right on the page. Compliments, comments, even non-compliments. <laughs> I'll smack you though. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, this was kind of a touching piece uh, when I wrote it, obviously, and uh, it really was a touching experience. If you're a regular reader of my column, you know I always do an editorial after the column too, and I had commented that what was on from me was I wasn't as emotionally choked up by the death and the experience was as a lot of my family members were. And this is kind of a topic point I want to get to today, because I know a lot of uh, a lot of you, a lot of my listeners, you've lost parents, um, you've lost your dad, you lost your mom. You're in the process of dealing with that, or it just looms as something realistically in the future. So, and this is a good subject to talk about and kind of flesh out. But for me, I didn't really have again the same emotional reaction that a lot of people did about the loss of my dad. Uh, you know, I, you know. Listen, I've done. Um, I've been doing readings and, and exploring metaphysical work for so long that I don't have any fear of death or worry about it. I remember living other lifetimes. I don't know. I just don't have the same type of, of, of anxiety as a lot of people do. And I'm sure a lot of other metaphysical people also are thankfully able to do this as well. So, But it was still sad to see my dad go. But I wasn't as choked up in as much pain as, as many of my family members were around me. Um, and my mom, a lot of it was that she was just she didn't know how to handle it. And how do you do it? What do you do when you find your husband dead in a car? You know, I mean, it can really throw a monkey wrench into your, your life plan. You know, you just don't know what to do. It wasn't that it was so surprising that he passed. But again, a lot of people really stressed, you know, during the funeral. I didn't. I was kind of calm, cool, and collected. When I made my speech in front of everybody in the clubhouse, you know, people got very emotional. I got emotional as I, I had said it. But overall, it was pretty good. It wasn't until a couple months later that I actually found myself really missing my father and getting very choked up. And what it was for me was, I, you know, listen, as you can hear by the piece, I had a cool dad. You know, I, I, I really lucked out. I, you know, I did, you know uh, my dad wasn't perfect, but really, all things considering, from what I've seen doing counseling work for years, I seriously lucked out in comparison to a lot of people um, with, with getting a good dad. And one that was stable and that was there. But what threw me? emotionally and psychologically, was my dad was always this guy that you could lean on. If you had a financial issue, if you had a difficulty with your car, if something came up, you lost a job, you had to work for a month, you know, you could always call dad and, you know, he'd do the same thing. He'd love that you wanted to talk to him. He'd be thrilled. He'd give you a lecture about how you should live your life and what you should do, you know, typical, you know, uh, about saving money and, Investing and all the things that he did really very well. He created a you know comfortable place for himself over time, and left my mom very comfortable, which is awesome. And but what I think through me was I had always had that. It was like this security blanket. There ever was a real problem, you reached out and Dad would help you. Now you know he he'd lend you money. You paid it back when you had it. He you know he was never you know it was like he'd borrow a couple of grand. You know it took you three years to pay it back, and he'd be thrilled. Oh, I got a check from my son today. My son sends me a monthly check for $200, you know. You know, he'd brag about it. Interest-free loan. So, as strange as it is, 
not having the backup and not having just the words and the and the comfort of, of my dad when you had difficulty was what hit me in such in a crazy emotional and psychological way that that's when I began to kind of emotionally fall apart. So this is important, guys, because, you, you know, we don't always follow textbook rules on, on how we necessarily deal with things or how we, we handle them. And uh, I had, you know, I had to work through some stuff, and, and I, I, I did. I was able to, you know, to, to work through that, that feeling of, of separation and loss. And a big part of it, as I had said in my editorial, again, if you, if you, if you catch my column, you would see the editorial part that followed. It's also because I do sense my father around still. You know, when I'm going through difficulty or crisis, I feel like he's trying to steer me or guide me. Um, you know, we can reach out to our family and, and the people from, you know, on the other world, on the other side, and they will help us and they'll assist us if we ask. Um, you know, this not only goes for deceased loved ones, but our spirit guides, our angels, they're always helpers. You know, the trick is you've got to remember this. You've got you to gotta ask for help. And, you know, don't be looking around to wait to see if the phone rings and it's your fault, you know, no one answering on the other line. You know, don't be looking for seeing an image of him at your bedside or, you know, it, those things might happen. But listen, often communication from spirit and from the other world is through memory association. We hear a song uh, that reminds us of it. We, you know, we see a movie, and there's something in that movie that triggers a click. Uh, you know, we just feel it around energetically. We see fireflies. We, you know, there are things that are triggers. If we get quiet, we can realize that it doesn't have to come through textbook kind of, you know, ghostly images and things like that. It, it can come at a deeper level and affect our emotional bodies, our spiritual bodies, in terms of insight and guidance. And the other thing, of course, is, you know, you get advice, you know, you get kind of nudges, and then, you know, sometimes we're not thrilled with the advice that we're getting or the direction that we're being pushed in. I know I've talked about this in past shows. I, had, I ran, ran across some difficult financial stuff back in 2008, you know, toward the end of it, and uh, I got some very obviously pushes from my higher self, my spirit guides, my father, um, about what I needed to do to solve those things. And listen, I'm, I can't talk about this easily because I'm not embarrassed. You know, a lot of people got screwed in 2008, 2009 financially. Some people in 2010, 2011, 2012, for that matter. You know, uh, I've talked about this on previous shows. A lot of, uh, a lot of, th it's been difficult in a lot of ways as as Pluto moved into Capricorn back into 2008. Whole other topic. But anyway. Uh, the thing is, I'm not embarrassed about talking about this, but, you know, I kind of got, I remember as I asked, for, I, I asked for guidance from my oracles and from spirit on what I needed to do because the money situation was getting dire. And they told me what to do, and I wasn't thrilled. It was to go back to waiting tables part-time for another year or two. I hadn't done it in many years, and I felt like it was shameful, and I was in my 40s. How could I go back to work with a bunch of 20-somethings and... You know, I got some other nudges and some other directional arrows that I didn't like, dealing with credit cards and other things. And you know what? <laughs> Damn, spirit was right. Absolutely. The job ended up being two years of, of some extra good income for me, and I actually enjoyed it. Credit card stuff that I was pushed to solve, you know, seemed illogical, but when I did it, it worked. So it really helped. So that's the trick is you got to remember this. You're going to get connections and communications and insight, but it's not always going to fall through the channel of the way you think it's supposed to. 
And then, you know, you might not always like what you hear initially, but, you know, trust that your higher self and your spirit guides and, and the people that are communicating you do have your best interest at heart, and they will help you and they will guide you in the best possible way. Now, continuing on with this subject, and uh, thank you for all kind of hanging in and listening to this. Um, I'd like to, I may be able to actually open up the phone lines in a little bit because it looks like I'm getting through this material fast. Uh, again, I want to welcome everyone who's listening live um, and in the chat or who is also uh, listening in archives. I get a lot of archive hits for shows. It's funny, I'll have maybe you know, 2 to 30 people listen live and then I'll have two, 3,000 hits on archive shows within you know, three or four weeks of after running a show. I, I love that. It's just wild how many people go back in and listen to my shows. So, um, And yes, guys, you can, you can get on my email list if you're not already on it. And uh, you can take advantage of the specials. I'll mention those again toward the end of the show that I got running as well, too. But, you know, we're talking a bit about, you know, contact with the other side and dealing with the death and the passing of, of a loved one in our lives. And I think it's, uh, you know, it is. It's, it's always kind of tough. And it can be tough if you had a loving, wonderful relationship with a parent, of course, because then you miss them and you, you lose that connection. But we also see other stuff come up. Sometimes we lose a parent when we had a strained relationship with a parent or we didn't really have a relationship with that parent. And that also can trigger, excuse me, trigger a lot of, of, of pain and emotional stuff that can come to surface for us as well about what we had or didn't have also. So here's something I learned a long time ago, and I, I love to reiterate this point to my clients and my listeners. Guys, you know, if you have anger about something and you have shame or, you know, again, let's stick with the anger. When you're angry toward a parent um, for, uh, for what they didn't do for you or what they did to you, all those things, those are perfectly natural experiences to have. You're not a terrible human being when you think bad thoughts or, you know, if you act on those thoughts, that's a whole other issue. But, you know, we're always protected by the goddess, by spirit, by God in that way, and we're loved, even through that difficulty. We, we do feel intense emotions. And one of the biggest emotions that is rarely talked about by anyone, and, of course, I love to talk about this with clients when I work with them, is aside from the sadness about losing a relative, a parent, a brother, a sister, a loved one, we also tend to have a feeling of a feeling of being abandoned that they left us. And this is a tough one because it is natural to feel that way at some level and to have a hurt that the person left no matter what the circumstance, whether they had an illness, whether they died of old age, whether they had an accident, there's a part of us that can feel a little betrayed energetically. Listen, whether you believe it or not, the part of us knows that we are thoughts and our beliefs create our reality. So if someone does leave this world, some part of them chooses to at some level. Again, a lot of times it's not necessarily conscious, but it's still a reality of this, of this life. And when somebody you know, passes in, in, in that way, it is, it's natural for us to sometimes feel an anger uh, combined with the sadness. But... On the other hand, you know, it's good to feel those emotions and to purge them through. You're, you're not a horrible human being if you feel that way in that sense. Those are things that we have to really rectify internally in ourselves. And there is, again, there's some truth to it. You know, many people, I've had many clients who never even had a dad or never had a mom. The, their mom or dad passed when they were very young or left and were not part of their lives. So, 
you know, the passing of a of a of a family member, or especially a mom or a dad, is is can be really really traumatic. You know, I guess in some ways I, I've been luckier because again I don't I have a different perception of death, and then also I just don't. Um, I think that I I uh, I've always just been able to communicate with deceased people at some level. In fact, it's funny. I never sought to do that. Like I, my joke is, I, I sometimes call myself the the uh, the Whoopi Goldberg character in Ghost in that way because the more I've done readings with with oracles, tarot, and astrology and numerology, you know, it's funny because sometimes I've had an ability that's grown, and sometimes people will ask me about a deceased relative and any message that I can get. And over time, I'm actually getting really good at this. Where I can sometimes I can see the image of the person, I can hear them telling me something, I can get messages about what they feel or what they went through, or how they feel toward the person. I mean, it's amazing that this has really grown because it was never something I had looked to do. You know, I like to lay out a tarot spread, talk about what this card means, what's probable to come up in the future. I mean, I like to give people insight and in who they are and, and all those things. But lo and behold, of course, this other ability has now grown. So. You know, if you if you request a session with me and you want information about a departed relative, um, a lot of times I can do it. You know, I don't I don't speak for them or channel necessarily, but I um, I do get impressions and I see things. And I've had clients repeatedly tell me they were sort of blown away by that. So I guess I just find it kind of fascinating as another ability that's developed. But the thing is, listen, when you when you pass into to spirit. You know, we leave, it's almost like if it's like the Akashic Records, which is the records in the universe of, of all things that ever were or ever will necessarily be. So everybody has a file. <laughs> you know what I mean? So even when someone's passed, and whether they've reincarnated again or they're, you know, they're not in any way connected with the earth plane, that self who they were is actually never truly extinguished. They're still there energetically at some level. So you can tap into their vibrational perspective pretty much almost at any time. We can train ourselves to necessarily do this. You know, it's okay to tap into someone's file. You'll often hear, you know, I, a lot of times I get this from people too. They say, well, you can't really, you know, ask for information about someone unless they allow you to get it. And in some respects I would disagree. If you, you can tap into almost information almost about anybody, um, you know, always remembering that everything is probable. Things are all about choice in the in the physical plane. So, you know, even if you see someone's future, it's a potential future, not a definitive one, but likely or probable one. So here's the trick. You know, it is okay to do it from the angle, you know, as long as you have no malicious intent behind it. You're not using it against someone. You know what I mean? You, you know, that's perfectly legitimate. You know, you're not trying to do anything negative with it. Now, if you are, that's a whole other issue. I don't do that. I'm not even interested in that, and I, I wouldn't do that for clients if they asked to use it in a negative way. So the other thing is, you know, uh, this idea, you know, I was actually talking about this with a client um, recently, too, about the idea of what a ghost is. I've never seen a ghost of my father. And I think the reason I, don't, I haven't seen a ghost of my father is because my father's not in ghost form. And the ghost form is, you know, when we see ghosts, really what ghosts generally are, are they're people that passed, and they're not either not convinced that they're dead 
or they're having trouble leaving the physical plane even though they are deceased. They keep humming around the area where they were. Um, more often than not, it's because they are dwelling over mistakes. They didn't live in a harmonious kind of a way. They're beating themselves up. Um, so that's why you'll often see ghosts, and there can sometimes be a little bit of an anxiety connected with that. They're not moving on to the next thing. And the way we can help the ghosts move on to the next thing is, is actually through prayers from the living, um, to pray for them to uh, to be able to move toward that light, toward the understanding that they don't have to keep hanging around, you know, dwelling and replaying the old tapes of what they did wrong, what they should have done, and all those other fears. They'll be naturally pulled to the next growth experience um, for their own soul, and, and we can actually help with that, and that's a cool thing. That's why I don't think I've ever seen my father as a ghost, because I don't really think my father struggled that much with this life. I mean, he struggled with physical elements and various other things, but I think he was actually a pretty genuinely happy guy. Loved my mother. God bless him for that, by the way. <laughs> that's evil. No, my mother's awesome, but she's a pain in the ass. But, uh... And uh, he was happy with most of his kids. He had good friends. He, you know, he enjoyed the work that he did. His body went to shit, you know, fairly, fairly quickly. He smoked a lot when he was younger. He, he worked a billion hours to support a family. He worked at Con Edison in New York. He, you know what I mean? He didn't. He, this is the era before like exercise and taking care of your body was even rel relevant. That's why I laugh because I'm very fair looking, but I do look a bit like my dad physically. Um, when he was younger, my dad was kind of a little buff Italian guy, and I have, you know, I'm not, I'm not little, I guess, necessarily, but uh, I am kind of a buff Italian guy. I just look very fair because I'm German. My mom was German, but uh, that was what was always cute. My dad would always be, like, mesmerized. He'd just be like, oh, you're so handsome. You're so buff. You're so, you know, it's like he loved the way women and men looked at me, and, you know, I always thought that was so cute that he just was so proud in that way. But uh, but then this was, again, you know, his body fell apart. This was before the time when you, you prioritized taking care of yourself. A lot of that came up when the planets um, in, the, in the 60s and early 70s were pushing their way into Virgo. You know, people born in, in 63, 64, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 70, 71, planets were still somewhat in Virgo. So a lot of us had that, you know, let's, let's begin to look at what we eat and how we work out and our health. And we became compulsive and obsessive and added that into the mix in society, which is a cool thing. So uh, that shifted as well. So, yeah, the priorities were different. So his body did deteriorate. And, you know, the funny thing is I had, uh, when my dad was um, about 10 years before this, we thought my dad was going to pass. He lived about 10 years longer than we thought. And it's because we used to do these yearly reunions, and he just looked forward to them. You know, he had a lot of friends. He played cards in the card room with his retired buddies. He... You know, even when he was falling apart and in a wheelchair and on oxygen, and, oh, geez, you couldn't believe how much he was falling apart. He still lived. But I think it was because he just had that spirit where he still loved life to a large extent. Like I said, he was a fairly happy man, all things considering. He had heart issues when he was younger as well. So, again, very blessed. But um, I think he stayed around another 10 years longer because of those family reunions, and it was a suggestion I had made that if he had something to look forward to, he'd probably stay longer, and he did. So it's amazing what can be done in those terms if we really focus that way. Uh, listen, I've got another 10 minutes for the show here, so I want to see. I might be able to take one caller today. Uh, the call-in number here is uh, 646-200-3966. I could probably take one call today. If not, we'll continue a little bit on this subject and uh, finish up from there. 
Uh, you might need to dial a one before that, guys. One six four six two hundred three nine six six. I don't, you know, I, don't, I see kind of a slow chat room day, so I think a lot of people are going to probably catch the show more on the archive um, as opposed to live today. I only have a few live listeners, um, which happens sometimes and doesn't bother me, by the way. I like to talk; it isn't a problem for me. So, anyone wants to call in, feel free. Um, but yeah, so we've been we've been talking today uh, about. Uh, I talked a bit about the death of my dad, and you know, if you if you've gone through that um, already, or if you haven't, um, that's a, you know, it's one of the things I like to tell people because it's very key to remember this. You know, you know, I have an, I, the biggest anxiety I think I have is I have a cat, and I've had her for about eleven years, and I love her. And very pragmatic because she probably only has five or six more years, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less. Um, you know, the thought of losing my cat sucks, man. You know, I don't – imagine if I was married and had a spouse or something, too, that I really loved. Ugh, you know. But we can't really put our energy into worrying about how we'll handle death. I've heard people even go so far to say is I don't want to get a dog. I don't want to get a cat. I don't want to have a pet because I don't want them to die. I, I don't want to go through that. Well, then you're missing out on 15 years or so of love and affection and cuteness and come on, man, you, you know don't be so don't be so afraid of death. Um, yeah, it's not a fun thing, but it can have a beauty to it in a way that is you know hard to see unless you've gone through it. You know the you know the contrast of the light and the dark in essence is part of the physical plane. So there can be beauty and difficulty, too, if we embrace it. And we don't embrace it a way where we become a martyr about it. We open up to seeing the beauty even within the difficulties. And that often can transform the situation as well. So we, you know, we don't have to stay limited in, in terms of our thought process. You know, I'm going to do a show on this probably in the fall, and I'll give you guys, everybody listening, an update on this when it comes, because I think it's going to be a very interesting show. But I attended... Um, a group event locally here in Phoenix recently called People Unlimited. And basically it's a group of people that believe that you can, you don't have to age in the way that, um, you know, society tells you to, the body can regenerate, and they even believe that you can have immortality, that that's possible. Now, of course, when I first heard this, a part of me was like, well, on one side I agree with them. I don't think you, can, you have to age the way people age. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old, and most people wouldn't think I look 50 and I don't have any ailments healthy as hell. I plan on aging well for a long time. part that got me stuck, of course, was the immortality thing, the living forever. I don't know. I don't think it's possible. But, you know, things that we didn't believe were possible hundreds of years ago are now possible. Maybe, you know, that is theoretically possible. I just think my perspective on it is that I don't, I think when I pass, it's going to be because I'm kind of done here. Like, it's been great, it's been fun, time to move on to the next adventure. I think, I think that's a while off, though. I think I will age very well and, and live a long time. That is my plan. So I, I, three quarters of me agrees with this group. And I did. I went and I saw them, and uh, they were really cool. They were interesting people, I have to tell you. They were attractive. It was a wide range of different people and ages, and it was really kind of fun and interesting to, uh, to talk with them. I have a caller, so I'm going to take this. It's going to have to be a brief call because we only got about five minutes left in the show, but I am going to take this call. Oh, I'm trying to take this call. Oh, here we go. <laughs> 954, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hi, thanks. It's uh, Pam. I just have to say uh, that I could resonate with your topic very well tonight. I lost both my parents in the same year a few years back. Wow. 
and uh, it it was after two years of a lengthy illness, and uh, I was extremely close to my mother. Um, my dad was another thing, but uh, I managed to um, have forgiveness and help take care of both of them. And I've also lost um, a bunch of cats along the way, and I dearly loved them, and I was glad to hear a man say that he expressed his love for cats as oh. well. Uh, Absolutely. You know what? They're your children. Oh, my God, yes. God, I mean, people are so... I've got got, a couple of ferals outside that are my children, too. Right. (laughs) I've got two black ferals. Uh, Actually, there's four, but two uh, seem to hang by my door, mostly to the great dismay of the um, some people in my condo building. Right. And they are very much against me and a few other people who feed them. And then I got a few at my back door, but I pretty much adopted them and one elderly cat inside who's a cancer survivor. Now um, I'm in a very um, strange situation because I've had a home for five years, and due to the financial changes, the mortgage and all, um, I'm debating now whether I'm going to need to move. And my main concern is even after the move is, like, where am I going with the high rentals, and how am I right. going to get my cats with me? And that's my main concern because they are my children. Some people right. don't understand that, and they think that that's, um, that's the last thing I should be worrying about, but actually it's the first. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and other than my safety and well-being in, in an area I would move to that's affordable, um, I have to. Uh, it's not a matter of choice. I have to. I make it yeah. to an animal. I don't toss them away. I even feed uh, a neighbor's cat in another building who's lost weight because she don't much care. You know? Right. I'm just wondering if uh, I'm a Sagittarius. I've talked to you before, and right. um, the finances have been a nightmare for a couple of years. Yeah, and I and I, I pulled a couple of cards. Let me let me tell you a couple of things that I get from this. Good. There's a couple of things I want you to do. Okay. You know, you've been such a, a kind giver when it comes to animals that you've made some um, connectives with the um, angel and nature spirits. So I have two things I want you to do during this process. I want you to, one, um, recognize what a blessing you have been to them and ask them to help you energetically make this maneuver and this change in your life, and they uh-huh. will. They'll, you know, you've reached out and helped so many of them that you have such a support and love, but I feel like you have some, you've had issues in this life with receiving. Yeah. That it's easier for you to be in the giver role, and that's what your guides are telling me, to be willing to, um, to, uh, to take the position of receiver and ask for help from the nature spirits and the angels that way in, in terms of your prosperity. I do see um, th- this change coming. You guys are saying that you are going to have to downsize in a way. But they're saying that in the long run it will be a beneficial thing and that you will be fine in the process, even though I'm not going to bullshit you. This is not easy. I know that what you're going through sucks. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, – oh, yeah. sorry? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to minimize that it's difficult, but they're saying that there's a purpose in this downsize and the shifting that you understand. And the other thing they're saying is, and just help ask, ask for other helpers to help with the children you're leaving. Ask for the nature angels and the spirits to bring other helpers along who will help take over so the children 
that you're you're leaving? Because I know that that's probably may in many ways even more devastating than than even the, to, the financial stuff. At least two have to come with me, one inside, right. one outside, and. I feel very bad if I, you know, I would like to take a couple of the ferals who have, they've gotten attached to me as well as um, yeah, another absolutely. lady who keeps them. Do the best you can with the ones that make sense, and then and then I'm hearing that they will ask, you know, ask the spirit to to help with with that that process and find other helpers to come in. Let me read this to you real quick because I pulled an angel card for you. Um, on, on this process that you're going through, and I think it's important for you to hear it. Um, this is what the angel um, says. The angel's name is Caressa, and she says, you are at the end of a cycle in your life. Call upon your angels to comfort you and guide you toward your next step. Happiness awaits you now. You may feel sad as if your heart is breaking as a result of this ending. Allow yourself to cry and to grieve, but know that we angels are near you right now. When you're ready, we will gently show you how this ending will bring new blessings into your life. But for now, the sadness that you feel may reveal new insights to you. It may inspire you to finish a project where you've been procrastinating or to take better care of yourself, for example. It's important for you to express your feelings during this time of transition. Either keep a journal, talk to trusted friends, join a support group, or discuss everything with the angels. The more that you can release, the freer you will feel. Watch out for self-destructive tendencies which can arise from misguided guilt. I will help you to take excellent care of yourself during this transition if you will call upon me. Whenever you need a hug, just ask, and you will feel me envelop you with my wings. So that's the card I pulled right when you started talking, and it really, really fits. Do you that's, feel that the, um, the Sagittarians are going into a better cycle because I've been reading some different yeah. information? Yeah, it's supposed to be Jupiter supposed to be helping us. Yes, well, a lot of Gemini in my chart. So there's a number of pushes that'll help. Believe me, I've had a lot of sages, myself included, going yep. through some really tough stuff. I mean, I, you know, things had gotten somewhat better for me, but I got to tell you, it, it's still there's been a number of strains, and it's not really wanted to be. And I feel it moving in that direction, and I'm getting the same message. So I want you to kind of trust in this process, and just like she's saying in the card, don't watch out for misguided guilt. You're not being punished. You didn't do anything wrong. The deeper message that I'm hearing here, and this is what I want you to open up to, is to really tap into the fact that you need to make a shift with your energy and your ability to receive. Um, that's really key for you. So ask your, your, your spirit guides and your animal helpers to say, listen, I'm open, I'm ready um, to receive. And I keep hearing this line in my head. They keep saying, your key line is to say, allow access. Allow solutions to occur to help you with this process for all concerned. Listen, you're a caring person, you're a loving person, and you deserve reward for that. Right. I so, don't feel like I'm being um, validated or respected where I am. There's a lot of controversy yeah. and um, there's a lot of backlash going on. Absolutely. Partly because my feeding yeah. the cats. <laughs> Absolutely. See what I mean? That's a, you know, I had to, I have the same thing uh, here. Thankfully, I have other people on my side with feeding the cats. We got yeah, them all fixed. And, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, there was a couple that didn't like it. But the good thing for me is this is where I always benefit because the ones that didn't like it, um, I always say it's my humorous thing that I'm a 205-pound bald-headed buff boxer. And okay. most of them are afraid of messing with the guy who feeds the cats because I'll rip their arms off. <laughs> Yeah, I say it with humor. People are yeah, always like every time someone throw a rock not, at them or something. 
quite as that's... strong as I used to be, but um, yeah. I, I got a pretty strong mind, and when it comes that's to good, people, and that's that's more important that's... anyway. But I always laugh because that's the thing. Because every time someone questions something, I was like, let me see if I can explain it to you. Then the New York Italian comes out. I'm like, this is how it's gonna go. They're God's creatures. We take care of them. Shut the hell up. They're not causing any problems. So I'd rather get rid of them before the damn cats. Exactly. You know, so, uh, like some people, they have such viciousness in their spirit and anger absolutely. that they resolve their own problems. So that becomes, absolutely. Because they just they're, they exactly they draw. I can tell you're Sagittarius because we tend to talk over each other. I do this with fire signs, which doesn't bother me in the slightest, by the way. <laughs> anyway, hours on end. Uh, about issues, and we go on and on. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely, which is a good thing. But listen, is, I, I have to run because the shows run out of time, but um, I, I, I appreciate your call, and uh, I wish you all the best during your transition. I'll send some good light and energy your way, but ask those nature spirits to help you with the transition. They're, they want to help. They want to give I, back to you. I checked out your YouTube and got a good laugh, too. Good, good. Thanks. <laughs> There's two of them. There's the tarot one and the... Uh, the astrology one, and I'll have a ridiculous animal one in a couple of months, too. Oh, good. I'll look for it. Thanks, Jim. Good. Have a awesome evening. talking to you, sweetie. Thank you. Good night now. Oh, I always like her calls. Uh, she's going through some tough stuff. We, we, we all have, you know, I mean, and that she's going through some particularly tough stuff. But I also remember there's always purpose to it, even though it's hard to see. So anyway, we're, we kind of went over on the show. That's cool. We were meant to. You know, thank you, uh, Pam, for, for calling in. Thank you for everybody listening live or who's catching in the archive. Best of luck during any transitions you may be going through. And again, remember this, guys. Um, if you haven't had a session, you know, really, they're very powerful. Go to my website. $25 off my normal prices for, for 45 minutes or larger sessions for June and July. So you can ask to book one. And... Um, and I've got that angel gift offer. Go to my last newsletter and check that one out. Another great offer if you've already had a session or you're a newbie. You can buy a full price session at my normal prices. Got a 45-minute session for 80 Then for another 25 bucks, you can get an angel gift to give to someone else, which is awesome. Keep the cycle going of, of giving and receiving. Okay, Jim Ventura here. I'll be back here next week with my interview show. Please join me for that. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. And thank you, uh, Pam. I'm sending some love and light your way. You're an awesome human being. And uh, just open up to letting yourself get rewarded for all the good that you've done. And it's a lot, man. All right. Cheers.